I'm your host, Riem Zin Labidin, and you are listening to Tech Tag Podcast. Today, our guest is Alika Rebel. She's a CTO at Kaizo and she organizes a Scala meetup in Amsterdam. I'm excited to talk to her. Let's meet with her and learn about her journey. Hello, Anika. I'm very happy to have you here. Hi, happy to be here. Thanks for accepting the invitation and I'm excited to learn about your journey. Yeah, happy to support your podcast and share my career journey. The first time I met with you was in Amsterdam Meetup and I uh, got the chance to talk to you. Uh, I'm interested to know more about you. First, uh, let's start with a small introduction. Who is Alika and what are some fun facts about you? Uh, yeah, so my name is Alika. Currently, I'm CTO in Amsterdam-based startup. I also organize Scala meetups uh, in Amsterdam and I do triathlon. What, what does it mean? <laughs> Travel? Uh, triathlon? It's a multi-sport, so it's like uh, swimming, cycling, and running in this order. So it's like a sport competition. It became really also important uh, part of my life. That's why I also now sharing this part as well. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's really cool. And it's good to get out like after work, doing all of these activities. Yeah, it really helps to disconnect uh, from work and refresh. Nice. During your education, did you follow a computer science journey or how your journey started from the very, very beginning? Yeah, let's start from super beginning. <laughs> so uh, at school, I was always passionate actually about two topics. One is math and uh, second is sport. So basically, I was a math Olympiad, like a participator and in some points winner. And uh, as well, I was doing sport like on professional level. So yeah, I was passionate about these two topics, but when it was time to choose a university, I decided to continue my journey with math area mm -hmm. and uh, switch in sport more like into a hobby <laughs> mode. Mm -hmm. uh, so I entered uh, the faculty of applied mathematics and uh, computer science of Belarusian State University where I studied all their fundamentals about uh, mathematics and some computer science basics. Yeah, cool. uh, so that's where it all started. And then you continued towards computer science? I was uh, always like, you know, passionate about mathematics, mm -hmm. uh, but I was also looking into what can I do next? How can I grow in the area? And in math, uh, it was mostly doing research and uh, academical path. So, and I decided uh, to explore more and I found like uh, engineering and startup world. And I was interviewing people about their work and I thought, wow, it's really cool uh, with uh, technology rising and what you can do and what you can unlock uh, with the help of technology. That's why I decided not to stay in academical area, but go to uh, more, you know, technology and business part. In university, did you start having like some internships with companies to explore mm -hmm. technologies, etc.? 
uh yeah actually i started early uh, after like my first year of uh, studying at uh, university in summer i already went uh, on my first internship it was outsourced company and the internship was actually to uh, get you introduced into different areas what you can do in technology so we had uh, some weeks of product managing some weeks of ua engineering some weeks of uh, backend engineering, some weeks of frontend engineering. So it was really nice to have a quick overview. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? How day-to-day uh, -day life looks like? So yeah, and it was uh, mostly just to get familiar with different areas, uh, what you can do Yeah, as well. Interview people, ask your questions and try yourself uh, mm -hmm. do some parts of it. So yeah, it was really a brilliant experience. And at that time, uh, it was clear for me that I liked uh, backend engineering the most. <laughs> so, yeah. It's really a good idea. It, it gives guidance to people to choose between just by experiencing the different directions and uh, to choose between them. Yeah, and uh, for me also, it was not only about the tasks uh, which I did, but also meeting uh, different communities like different departments and i just had a feeling where i belong more you know mm, yeah. <laughs> so it also helped great it's a really cool idea and then how did you start with uh, professional life mm -hmm. After this internship, so I felt belonging, like, you know, in backend <laughs> engineering, mm -hmm. but also, so I started to do different side projects using, I, I remember like uh, Java, Python, Ruby. So I just experimented with different languages and uh, I had this idea that, okay, I studied so long mathematics. And the backend engineering itself didn't seem that complex for me. And I wanted to apply my mathematical knowledge. And that's why I was like, okay, I, I need maybe something a bit more complex. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, at that point, data science was just actually starting. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was not a hype yet at all. So it was uh, 2015, 2016. Actually, I started to look for data science communities. At that point, uh, there were almost n none of them. <laughs> and uh, also I started to look for data science internship and I was doing my research in data science, uh, configuring my uh, first uh, neural network to recognize, you know, the objects uh, on video. So pretty simple one, but it was uh, interesting to see how it's working and what uh, as well uh, the technology could unlock. And with the first actually... I think, you know, it's really uh, tricky to get first experience, like first real work. It's, I would say it's mm -hmm. the trickiest yeah. part because uh, at that moment I was going on interviews. So there were companies who were looking for data scientists, but no one wanted to get a person without a production experience, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the topic was also new. So at that point, you wouldn't be able to find a data scientist like with at least even three years experience. Like there were almost none on the market. Uh, but uh, companies were expecting at least like a person who already was working as a backend engineer and, for example, switching the uh, like specialization. So so you but you at least have some experience working in real companies. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so for me, it was really tricky. 
uh, even though I tried to, to compensate it with certificates. So I've done uh, a lot of courses on Coursera. I also was competing on Kaggle and I was also part of open data science community uh, in Minsk. So this one was their biggest at that point. But yeah, without production experience, it was uh, really tricky to get the first job. And uh, there was only one actually internship open for data science. I applied there, but unfortunately <laughs> at that moment, you know, it's just uh, also reflecting the situation. So they needed only two data scientists at that time mm -hmm. and received a lot of applications. And actually they already closed like their applications receiving. So, uh, but they got my uh, application really enjoyed, but said, you see, uh, we already kind of closed, but we have another like in big data internship. So if you're interested, yeah, I feel welcome to apply. And at that point, I was already tired of trying to get my first uh, job in data science or internship, but you know, for internship, there were just only one mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for like several months. So it's kind of, uh... yeah. So I decided that I need just to start and uh, to go on big data internship and after it, I would get some experience and I can always switch. So I, yeah. I just need to start gaining some experience. Yeah, production experience <laughs> that yeah. the companies were asking for that long. Yeah. You did it good when uh, you um, did the trainings and added some certifications to your CV. It uh, gives more chance. And it's sad that many companies, they don't have enough opportunities for people who are starting their journey. Fortunately, you found uh, that uh, uh, another opportunity on big data and uh, how it went. Yeah, so uh, I just want to quickly add that. Yeah, that's true. But also, I think it was a lot about timing because data science was too fresh at that moment. And yeah, companies didn't have actually the data scientist who can educate you who can uh, onboard you, you know? So yeah. they needed a person who would uh, quickly come up and uh, start to do things. It was a lot about timing. Yeah, so I started my big data internship and that's where I met Scala and fell in love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's where I met fun functional programming. And it was also aligning with my vision about, okay, I want to reuse my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, so I fell in love with Scala, with community, and yeah, started to be part of it and try to grow it because it's pretty niche, I would say, <laughs> still. Great. What kind of challenges you have faced during that time? Basically, I quickly uh, switched on uh, actually a project. So it was outsourced company. So I learned really quickly and I started to interview with clients. At that point, like, to be honest, I don't really remember anything really as a challenge uh, mm -hmm. because uh, it was a lot of already experienced people uh, around and I was just asking for help mm -hmm. and yeah, uh, also taking a lot of time on myself, trying to understand how something works. So uh, I was really passionate about uh, finally switching, like doing some real work, having some real clients and real users of my work, like of my applications. So I, I was really passionate about it. It, g it gave me a lot of energy to continue actually that's when i felt okay that's the right way <laughs> to go yeah yeah there could be challenges going on but you don't feel them as challenges in a negative way they are like pushing you moving you forward do, making you grow finding yeah. guidance around makes it all better yeah it's great 
after the internship you started working in that company or how did you yeah. progress uh yeah so I, i started to work there but actually i switched a company i would say really fast and there was a reason for it the company i got internship uh, in and i started to work was outsource company basically they were like providing consultancy for other companies and uh yeah it was really fun time uh when I, actually it was also the place where i learned english <laughs> because uh the client was based in uh, united states mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> it was my first real experience you know uh communicating in english because we were working remotely and uh for me i was missing the feeling to be part of the team and to be real drive so uh outsource for me felt more like doing tasks rather than actually taking part in vision discussion taking like you know more ownership on what i do and playing more on in long term mm -hmm. so that's what i was missing and that's why uh, after several months actually i switched to startup mm -hmm. And was it international? Did you uh, also continue speaking English in that company or? No, at that moment, it was 2018, 18, 19. The company was based in Minsk, in my hometown, but there were like Russian and Ukrainian people working for it remotely before, and they decided to open office somewhere in between, in Belarus, in Minsk. <laughs> so it was like not really international team, but still people from different countries. But we were speaking Russian uh, all the time. So Nice. And uh, you continued in that company uh, using Scala or was it a new business, a new everything? Uh, on technology side, we used Scala and also we were following mostly functional programming because in outsource company, there were like not really functional programming. Mm -hmm. So yeah, here I was also passionate about other engineers uh, and their vision and uh, usage of uh, functional programming in production. <laughs> so yeah. And it's backend or uh, was it a big data like the previous job? So actually it was backend. We were building programmatic ad exchange. So it was really a high-loaded system and uh, functional programming for this domain was really a good choice. So it was interesting to take part of it. The funny part, my data science knowledge and passion also started to give some benefits because I saw the area where we can apply actually some simple model and try to predict some stuff and to actually gain profit from it. So... Yeah, that's why I also decided, okay, how about to try to do it? So I adopted a Spark and created a simple model and ran my A-B tests <laughs> with model. Yeah, initially it was mainly backend engineering using Scala, uh, uh, following functional programming uh, principles. But at the end, uh, it was also a bit of, you know, setting up Spark by yourself. <laughs> it's really, it was a challenge. And uh, also like, yeah, creating some simple model and run some experiments mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was nice great i can see your passion about uh, the different things including functional programming and also data science and how you are uh, using this knowledge and you want to create something out of it even like maybe it's not part of the current tasks but you go out of the box and you want to create something out of it i also it's you know our 
there is some truth about like you learn something and for now you don't know but probably somewhere it will give you something like so it's not just wasted time but it gives you background on things and further in life you can see areas where you can apply something or generate some new ideas so that's why it's really cool just to follow your passion and mm -hmm. see where it leads you <laughs> Yeah, the first step is the most difficult part of it. But then later, the more you get closer, the more you feel, yes, yes, I'm going somewhere and you will find uh, the result. Great. And uh, during uh, that job, what are the other challenges? So, yeah, for me, I would say at that point, their main challenges were firstly working in really flexible and fast environment because it was a startup. So learning to write stuff fast, but also not compromising uh, the quality and find these trade-offs. Mm -hmm. In startups, you can have more opportunities to do something. But you need to convince everyone like, okay, let's let's put some effort and time here and see what it brings us. And also going from theory to practice and doing a lot with limited resources, I would say. Because mm -hmm. again, like in small companies, you have, for example, like five engineers uh, on the team. And yeah, it's not that much actually. Mm -hmm. And especially the communication part. When you have like an idea and you would like to convince and to share, to present it. Uh, also, maybe important uh, part, being able to be fully independent, like, you know, not having any mentor mm -hmm. <laughs> or like a supervisor, like uh, be independent in what you are doing and taking responsibility for it. And yeah, but it also gives a lot of uh, freedom and energy as a result. Yeah, like there are like positive side of it and negative side, because also having a mentor, having someone who will guide you will make things faster and easier. And this is also, it has an advantage. And also when you are by yourself, it puts you in a position where you say, I got this, I will do it. And you will make effort, a lot of effort. And maybe it takes longer than with a mentor, but then you will make it. Sometimes you can fail and then later you learn from it and then you make it better and better. And this is how mentors are made out of these experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And also uh, at some point you will not be able to find a mentor actually. <laughs> so and that's a point where you need actually to yeah, move independently and uh, keep on going. <laughs> yes, you're right. And then you moved to Amsterdam or did you have another experience uh, in Belarus? So after working in this company, I relocated to Netherlands to work at Nike. Mm -hmm. So also as a software engineer, and we were using as well uh, Scala on backend. And uh, at that point, I left uh, the startup and decided, okay, I'm interested also to see, uh, to explore different environments and also to see what suits me better and how will it feel and what are the opportunities there as well. Uh, so. Yeah, I think also moving to a different country, it's like doing an adventure to try something new. And then also you will have to use different language. Yeah, it was pretty a challenge at that time. 
but also exciting. <laughs> nice. How long you worked for uh, this company? I worked at Nike for a year and a half, somewhere there, a bit more. And I realized that, okay, my current life stage, I need more agile environment, uh, more mm -hmm. flexible and young spirit, let's say. That's why I decided to switch back uh, to startup life. Yeah, that's the point I found uh, Kaizo, my current company. Mm -hmm. And I decided, okay, time to action. <laughs> and uh, you continued as a backend engineer or did you try different roles? At that time, uh, I was not really thinking about uh, roles. So in startups, if you are growing, mm -hmm. there is always more work than people <laughs> to do it. Mm -hmm. So my idea was uh, mainly to join some hustle <laughs> and uh, get my hands into it and uh, to do work I like and also explore what kind of work I enjoy most. Yeah, so I joined uh, as a software engineer, but several months later, I switched to CTO position. And how it was like the switch? I'm uh, interested about like the different roles in your journey is like you were interested into data science and then you find big data uh, position and later uh, backend software engineering and then you start to uh, also take all the skills that you have developed and create new things out of them and build new skills and then how was the opportunity like about changing the role to become a CTO was it like the job description and then you applied for it or was it in an interview or how was it yeah i think one of the reasons like why i joined uh, back startup because in startups a lot of things are flexible and also when your company is growing usually people who joined like before and they get promoted and keep on growing because you're already working here and you already put a lot of effort and performing and you're also interested to grow mm -hmm. at that point i would say for me it was are also part of it of uh, being in right moment in right place yeah. but also having all the knowledge that i gained before and uh, all the knowledge and the experience so the founder was a previous CTO and he decided to switch to CEO role mm -hmm. and uh, yeah CTO role was uh, open <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i was passionate nice yeah What are like the missions for the CTO? Yeah, so firstly, I think it's important to mention that this role can be really different from company to company. I started to build my networking between CTOs and also interviewing people about, okay, what are your day-by-day -day activities and uh, responsibilities? And it's really different. So it really depends uh, from company setup, uh, company size as well. So for me, I work closely with our product, with sales, with CEO and uh, engineering team. Uh, usually, like I'm uh, the entry point for any, like you know, technology-related questions, or uh, mm -hmm. where I can refer, uh, like where to go. Uh, of course, I don't have all the uh, knowledge and uh, background, for example, about purely technical details, but I know where to find it and I know whom to reach out. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, I can imagine. Also, there are some challenges with the people 
to because you need to communicate with different teams are there challenges into that or previously before this experience in my current startup uh, i was mostly communicating with engineers Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was really a surprise for me how different people could be and uh, also different like departments, like for example, sales or product. And I was used to some, you know, like vocabulary and uh, mm-hmm. mindset you're kind of using, uh, speaking to other engineers. Yeah. And yeah, I just realized that, whoa, I need to learn how to explain stuff and not to assume that people who I speaking to uh, know how, like, at least the concepts, like how something works under the hood and etc. And yeah, so it was learning path and also learning a lot how to explain technical stuff on fingers, like uh, on a, li- a really simple way. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, uh, it's a skill. Uh, I was also passionate about it because, you know, the thing is, you cannot build really something big by yourself. It takes a team. And for team, like you need to find a way how to communicate and how to build the processes and how to keep on going. <laughs> yeah, great. And uh, it's also part of the soft skills and try to understand different perspectives, etc. It can be challenging, but it is a good path for growth. Yeah, that's true. And also for me, it brought to me also a lot of more understanding about uh, business and product. And it brought me completely new vision as well on technology part. Mm-hmm. Uh, because before when I was purely in uh, tech discussions between engineers, uh, it's a bit different when you start to look into business values <laughs> and the speed and stuff. Yeah, it's a new paradigm. I find it really valuable to be able to understand as well other people's point of view and evaluate it and, you know, just Mm -hmm. switch the roles because, uh, yeah, it's about cooperation and taking uh, optimal decisions while building stuff. Yeah, and you expand your perspective through these experiences because you already know how engineers would think and now like you are seeing the other perspective and you are going out of the box and this will expand your knowledge. You are seeing the bigger picture. It can make an impact. This is really good. Yeah, you need to understand other departments like point of view. But also you need to advocate your engineering team. It's also an important part, <laughs> which is also tricky. Yes, I feel like the, about engineers and product, it's very important if there is an actor, someone who is in between, who can understand that if it is technically doable and yeah. like the capacity and different part of the engineering perspective and also have the perspective of the product and can collaborate on on uh, the idea and uh, talk about it so they can make the right decision. Yeah. I can imagine your role is very important in, in that. Exactly. And I would say also in startups, you always like some switching some roles and responsibilities. So you're not really stick to roles. It's more mm-hmm. like about taking part. And uh, whenever you see you can bring value, you just bring it and participate and uh, contribute. Yeah. And uh, you are also organizing uh, Scala Meetup, right? Yeah. 
lately you organized a, a meetup in Amsterdam. Can you tell us about the experience? Yeah, so I would say if you want to do something uh, in the beginning and it could seem like really huge deal, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like it's a lot to do and stuff. But once it's done, you're like, hmm, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> You know, so and yeah, you learn by doing. And I think uh, the most beautiful part is just to let it be and uh, yeah, keep on going, learn by doing and improve on the go. So yeah, it was an interesting experience uh, for me. And now I also as well, like uh, when you start to organize stuff, you start to pay more attention about like, you know, sharing as it hey, I'm organizing, uh, will you be interested in joining? Maybe you have any reference to sponsors or reference to potential speakers, etc. And it works. People start at some point to come back to you mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, share about their interest. <laughs> also, you build your the community with people and having some connection. Yeah, and uh, as well, I believe, like, so when you're an organizer, you influence a lot on the uh, vibe of the community. Mm -hmm. So you can have influence on uh, communications, on vibe. So that's, I found, pretty interesting and valuable. So you can experiment. <laughs> also, the people who would join, if they know that you are organizing and they know you, they get more motivated to join because you present the meetup and you organize it. It has also responsibilities and on the vibes and on everything. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, and of course, uh, you're making impact, like uh, growing the community and uh, connecting the people, which is uh, really important for me. Yeah, exactly. I wish you all the best on that. And uh, we can move uh, to the latest part about what advice would you give to your younger self? This question mostly for people who are maybe starting their journey and they would like to hear an advice that they can follow. Yeah, so the advice I would like to give my younger self is actually not listen to people who are saying like, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, faking creates a lot of tension. And rather, I would listen to myself, like my heart uh, telling, yeah, just be authentic self and you will find your way. You will learn by doing and yeah keep it simple great advice i also believe that i believe face it until you make it you do it yeah i li like it i like it <laughs> love it new version <laughs> yeah yeah i actually applied that advice on the podcast because it was scary in the beginning as you <laughs> said like yeah like the first step is the most difficult but then later you say yeah i can do it it's great <laughs> yeah Practice makes perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks a lot for sharing your inspiring journey. And thanks for your time. Thank you. It was really nice to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm looking forward to our next episode with a new guest and new inspiring story. Until then, stay safe and stay tuned to our next episode. Tic-tac. Tackle the inspiration.